Welcome back into the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. I'm your host, Ross, based at HealthWise New Zealand. We've got a really exciting episode for you guys today covering seasonal affective disorder with an awesome guest joining us all the way from the America's business. Please be aware that this episode does contain some themes which may be challenging for some people, and we do recommend that if it is causing challenging thoughts or feelings that you reach out to our employee assistance provider, your GP or counsellor or therapist. Always make sure you get support. Let's dive into the episode, team. Welcome back into the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. This is the HealthWise podcast where we encourage the conversation around wellness and resilience. This is episode five, and we've got another super exciting interview for you guys today. We're going to kick it off, uh, and joining me in the booth today, again, is Anna Fisher, all the way from HealthWise America. Welcome in, Anna. Hi, Ross. Good to be here again. Thanks for having me co-host. Yeah, nice to have you on. And do you want to introduce our special guest for today? We do. Everybody, we do have a very special guest. Megan Dunn, all the way from British Columbia, is talking to us today about SAD, and she will tell us what that actually means. But Megan, you've been with the company for how long? Quite some time, if I do recall. years. Same as me. That's a long time. I, I was, you know, four when I started. <laughs> exactly. As was I. And you're with, um, I don't know what you exactly do, but it's in the accounting finance field, shall we say? It is. I actually look after credit and collections for the corporate division. Um, so I'm your proverbial um, baseball bat swinger when people don't pay. Love it. Nice. Well, thanks for joining us today, Megan. We have a few questions for you with a segment we like to call HealthWise Speed Dating, just to get to know you a little bit better and so the audience can get to know you. The first question today is, if you could have any animal as a pet, which one would it be and why? A unicorn, because it's mythical and it probably is only going to live inside my head. Right. Good answer. <laughs> What's something random you are very knowledgeable about? Building greenhouses. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yes. And if you could have any celebrity as your best friend, which celebrity would you pick? Brad Pitt. 100%. Awesome. Thanks for playing HealthWise Speed Dating. We'll crack on to our topic for today. Uh, so the first question for you is, what is SAD? Do you want to explain to our audience what is SAD? Sure. It's, a, it's, it's an acronym. So, you know, fits right in with Flight Center, uh, but stands for Seasonal Affective Disorder. Um, essentially, it's a reoccurring or cyclical form of depression. Uh, clinical depression typically kind of just hangs on until you deal with it, whereas SAD sort of comes and goes weather-wise. Um, living in Canada, albeit right along the border, we still get far more winter and far more rain um, than any sensible human should live in. So that typically kind of runs, for me at least, November to April. So half the year, I, it's sort of something that's that's on my mind and I have to deal with. Megan, how did you get diagnosed with it? Because, you know, as Canadians, we always complain about the weather and the cold and all that stuff. But how did you know it was something like you should talk to somebody about and get, you know, an official diagnosis? Uh, in my family, it's and potentially for many other people, it's hereditary. So my wow. mom's impacted. Her dad was impacted. And she grew up with, you know, her dad hiding all winter long and I was born in Prince Rupert with, if anybody knows where that is, it rains 300 days a year there. There really isn't much summer. And I know she really struggled with it when I was a kid. And then by the time I was sort of like a teenager, we're like, oh no, 
this is this is every winter. This is a problem. I can't get out of bed. I can't do normal things. So let's let's kind of get that dealt with. And you mentioned uh, uh, like it's sort of something that onset with the weather and the winter. And is is it something that happens at the same time every year, or does it vary? So when does it get bad for you? It gets bad when the sun goes away. Um, Typically, that's winter here. Today is a rare exception, and I have sun streaming in through the window in the middle of November. But typically living on the West Coast, specifically in a rainforest, um, when the fog comes in and the clouds come in and it gets gray and dark and the days are short, the sun comes up at, well, it gets light out at 7.30 in the morning and it's dark again by 4.30. You work longer days than that, your body never sees sunlight, doesn't get the vitamin D, that sort of thing. It could happen in the summer if we have a terrible weather, happen then too, but it's really sunshine and sunlight um, driven for me. So is that when it gets better then? Like you were saying in, in the spring, sort of April-ish, maybe May, depending on how good of a spring we're having, but does it just go away? Like we have, you know, is it a string of seven sunny days in a row and you feel better or like, when does it get better? It's like a freaking light bulb. Um, the sun comes out and I go out and there's other symptoms that go with it. And we'll probably talk about that more in a bit, but it, it is literally like a light switch. It's, I kind of feel like a mushroom. I'm all soggy and boggy and buried in the ground. And, and then the sun comes out and I turn into a flower and all of a sudden, you know, you can't keep me out, can't keep me from being outside. And I feel like myself again. And it's pretty quick. It's less than a week. What if you had a rainy day in the summer, like a one or two couple of rainy days, would you sink back into that again? Or does it have to be like quite a few in a row to kick it off? Yeah, not so much with one or two days here or there. That's, that's sort of manageable. I want to say it probably takes at least a week of bad weather before I start to feel it. Um, you know, I'm pretty sensitive to it too. I think not, not everybody probably feels it as quickly as I do, but then on the flip side, I can come out of it fast too. Mm. But it really is very, very weather driven, uh, much less so than calendar date. And, and how does it affect you, Megan? Like when, when you're starting to notice it get bad, like what sort of things go on for you? How does it affect you? Oh, where do I start? Um, sleep goes totally out the window. I typically am a very good sleeper. I am a nine to 10 hour a night kind of girl, hap happily sleeping. Um, once this kicks in, I am staring at the ceiling at 2 a.m., can't go back to sleep. All the worries, all the flight mares, all the everything just stack up. Um, I get skin outbreaks with eczema, so I'll get really dry skin and it'll, it'll break out and it'll just be get, you know, as it gets worse, it'll spread. My mood is horrific. I become this horrible, grouchy, touchy, cranky human who doesn't want to engage. I don't want to spend time with my family or my friends. I make terrible food choices. This is when it's popcorn and wine for dinner and I can't get off the couch. Um, I don't go to the pool anymore. Like I just, it really is a shrink down into a little like mushroom bubble of misery. So that's, that's kind of how it presents in me. So what do you do then, Megan? How do you cope with it? Like, do you have any techniques or things like, do you plan trips to, you know, go away to somewhere warm or you know, do you see a doctor or um, meditation or therapy or, you know, what, what are the things that work for you? Um, the best thing is sunshine. So I have now just budgeted in my year that I take a week, preferably two, um, to go somewhere hot and sunny in the middle of winter and feel that sound on my face. Um, so for the last, well, existing 
not 2021 where nobody went anywhere. Um, I went to Palm Springs every winter for a decade. Um, and I'll get anywhere between seven and 14 days down there and I'll come home and I'll feel amazing. And that will kind of push me through if I can kind of do it in February or March, you know, you can get through November, it's wet and it's cold, but you're like, oh, Christmas is coming. So I, and it's, I'm just coming off of the summer. So it's like, it's okay. And then December is always really busy. And then January it gets bad, but I'm like, I know I have sunshine coming. So I can kind of keep pushing through knowing that there is respite coming. And then by the time I get home, hopefully the weather starts to get better. Um, the other big one for me is a sad lamp. So they're these specialized light output lamps. I don't know the tech behind it, but um, I turn it on in the morning when I sit down with my laptop and I'll leave it on for 45 minutes or an hour and just kind of look at it occasionally. And there's something magical voodoo science in there somewhere that mimics the sun's rays somehow. And I find if I consistently use that, it staves off the worst of it. It makes it manageable. Um, if I can drag myself outside and go for walks in the woods, that's ideal. If I get those rare sunny days, you know, I'm going to be out, out there, but I have to just force myself to do it the rest of the time. Um, and I know that if I'm good about my food and good about my sleep and good about my water, it makes everything more manageable. It just doesn't feel manageable when you're in it and kind of getting right. yourself out is tricky. So sunnier days, even in the winter, obviously better days because you can feel that sun, but does it vary like the symptoms from dark day to dark day to dark day, or is it fairly consistent with consistent. what you're feeling? Yeah. Is it mostly just feel like a miserable human? Does it ever skip a year? I wouldn't say entirely because of where I live. It is gray and rainy here for pretty much the entire winter. The years where I've done a lot of work travel and spent a lot of time in like Toronto or New Jersey in the winter, that helps because they'll have a lot of sunny blue skies. I know, I said Toronto and New Jersey helps, <laughs> but the weather is better. It's not that never ending gray fog and rain. So it's not necessarily the cold temperature. It's more the darkness and, and the dampness. It's, it's very less the temperature and more really about the sunshine on my face. Um, minus three sunshine works for a fixing sad just as much as positive 30 sunshine does. Although positive 30 sunshine feels better. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Megan, have you considered moving? Do, um, like, do people down who live closer to the equator feel it as much as we northern folks? Not from the sounds of it. But then that means leaving my family and my friends and everything else. And, you know, we've got a blended family parenting thing. So it's not like I could easily pick up and leave the kids or leave the husband or leave anything else. Um, right. I would love to be able to spend my winters in Palm Springs every year. So, you know, if they're willing to entertain me being remote for two months a year while I get in my sunshine fix, that's probably a good conversation to have. It sounds like a really good conversation to have. I might join you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that the West Coast lifestyle, though, is just so lovely and good for the soul that I would never really want to leave it. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't swap it for a big city. That would, that would never work for me. Yeah, I guess thinking about our flighties at home or people listening to this podcast, what were some things that perhaps they need to be mindful of if they're sort of sitting at home thinking that maybe, maybe they are affected by seasonal affective disorder in the winter? Did you go, did you go and see someone to get diagnosed or what, what would you recommend for people sitting at home? Um, if you have a family doctor, 
they're probably a really great resource. Um, I also used a naturopath who did work um, sort of checking like hormone levels and vitamin levels and that sort of thing. So a blend of Western medicine and holistic medicine worked really well for me. So whoever you trust, wherever that lies, that's probably a really great resource. And even just sort of starting out by documenting, if you keep a journal to say, okay, I, I don't feel good today. I feel sad or I feel depressed or I can't get out of my you know, pajama bottoms and I'm sitting here at work with fuzzy PJs on the bottom and, you know, a hoodie on top. Okay. How many days does this happen? What's the weather like today? What did I eat today? Did I drink too much wine last night? And when you start to sort of document it and start to see patterns, you can go, oh, okay. Well, I only drank one glass of wine in the last week, but I feel like garbage every day. What else has happened? Um, and for me, it was really just documenting it and then going to talk to somebody I trusted. Don't be afraid to say that I need help. That's, that was the hardest thing for me to do um, was say I needed help. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think anyone listening to the podcast today is that if you are experiencing perhaps um, some mental health that you need help with, go to your GP because it's a great first point of call to get the conversation started because everyone's management plan, no matter what the diagnosis is, is going to be different. You know, for some people, it might be medication. For others, it might be therapy. For others, you know, there might be other things to look at. So if you're struggling out there, make sure you do reach out. But it's a great, I guess, point about journaling, Megan, is it creates that self-awareness, right? A self-awareness around our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and what sort of behaviors have been going on? What sort of patterns can we recognize with our mental well-being that we can look at? Uh, one of the best ones for me, too, is just to get out and go for a walk. If I, I can't make myself go to the pool and swim laps because that just seems far too hard today i can maybe put on a pair of sneakers and walk out the front door and even if it's just to the mailbox and back and maybe all i do is sit on the stone at the end of it and just you know take a few breaths at least i'm out and i'm doing something the doing just getting off the couch and doing anything i don't doesn't matter what it is really that is so helpful because when you get on the couch and you stay on the couch it gets harder and harder every day to get off I do know without doubt the sad lamp is the best tool in my kit um, for, for warding it off. I don't really know how it works, but it is amazing. And it sits on my desk all winter long. It's on and off throughout the day. Um, but really the darkness and the sunshine or lack of sunshine really is, is the biggest trigger. That makes sense. Just Megan, do you have any resources or I don't know, is there an app or something you would recommend for anybody listening that might be helpful. Um, you mentioned the the sun lamp or whatever, the special sad lamp, but is there anything else resource-wise, I guess, that people might want to go to to get more information or tips or anything like that that you find helpful? I don't personally use an app. Um, I try and stay away from technology as much as I can, to be honest. I like to put my phone down at the end of my day and, and be done and walk away from it. Um, that also makes it worse for me when I'm on my phone and I get sucked into whatever it is I'm looking at. So limiting screen time uh, means I also don't do anything like this. I journal on paper, um, just cause that works for me, but there's a ton of resources out there in terms of mental health awareness. Um, you know, be it government of Canada site websites, even, or just journals of medicine, that sort of thing. Um, I've also just reached out to, um, my naturopath. You know, they gave me a bunch of reading information. So there's lots of places you can ask for things. Yeah. It's been it's been a long time. I've been dealing with this for 25-ish years. And the tools that I had 
back then aren't necessarily what's out there now. Um, right. This is what works for me. So I got my sad lamp from Costco. It's amazing. So there's my plug to Costco. And any final uh, tips, hints, or tricks you'd like to share with the audience today, Megan? Get outside, ask for help, and know that your family and your friends are going to love you regardless. Just because you're sick or don't feel well doesn't make them love you less. And that was a really hard uh, lesson to learn. Great tips. Those are awesome. Yeah, that's amazing advice, Megan. Well, there you have it, guys. That is episode five of the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. Anna, thanks for hosting alongside me today. Always a pleasure, Ross. Thanks for having me. And Megan, thank you very much for sharing your journey and your story. Absolutely amazing. We really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. I hope I can help somebody. There you have it, guys. That's episode five. If this episode made you think, if you learned something, please feel free to share this with your colleagues. Uh, give Give us a rating. That always helps us out. And we'll catch you in the next episode. 